Hi guys, I'm Brendan McCormack and welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Fan Podcast where you get to hear from the best thought leaders and change makers from across the Perth fitness scene. In episode 45, we catch up with Finley Johnson who is a well-known CrossFit athlete within the scene but he is also a FIFO worker and we did have a request for you guys to hear from a FIFO worker who's able to manage that lifestyle and still keep fit and active. And it couldn't have come at a better time because we just finished games day last weekend where Finn placed third and he's now the third fittest male athlete in CrossFit WA. So it's a really, really cool story. And before we kick off, we have other news from Perfect Fam HQ. We have just launched our Instagram Accelerator course where you get to learn how I built Perfect Fam and the steps that I still use to grow Perfect Fam through Instagram. So it's online, it's self paced and you guys will see ads and bits and pieces popping around about that if you want to know more just shoot us a message and we will send you the links that is a six module course the instagram accelerator and also coming up you may have seen it fit fam finder by popular demand of our perfect fam community an online dating app for fitness singles looking to mingle will be launching next week on kickstarter so get behind it if you're single this one is for you if you're not single but you want to support the cause there will be options there too so that is fit fam finder coming up next week and that's it time to kick off episode 45 of the perth fit fam podcast with finn the bald bulldog johnson fitness understanding yeah, it's funny because when when someone put through that Q and A when they said, "Oh, I want advice about you know FIFO and training," um, so many people like when I said, oh, "Cool, cool, we got it done, we got the guy," so many people were like so excited to hear the episode. So I'm pretty excited to hear it as well, <laughs> which is going to be some good fun. Yeah. So episode 45 for the Perfect Fan Podcast. I'm here with my bald brother, bald brothers, and doppelganger, Finley. <laughs> Formerly from Southern CrossFit, CrossFit extraordinaire, oh, Mul- mul- the rest. <laughs> multiple times regionals athlete. Oh my, one with a team. <laughs> oh, sorry, one with a team. That's all right. I, th- I thought I'd big you up. But um, no, you're right. anyone watching the video, I'm Brendan McCormack. This is Finley Johnson. Um, I know that people are going to mistake the bald guys, the short bald guys. That's fine. But we represent. Um, so, yeah, man, welcome on. So, like I said um, before, um, I often put out Q&As about what people want to hear. Um, and w- someone sent us a message about they wanted to know more uh, about FIFO and how to, um, I guess, how to train and how to balance in your fitness with FIFO. And it worked out really good because I thought of you straight away. And then you sent me a message <laughs> and I was like, synchronicity. It's just worked out. The bald heads. And we put it together. together. Yeah, within a week. And so we put it together. And um, I'm interested to hear your journey, um, really, like, especially in the past 12, 9 to 12 months. You're the best version of yourself that you've ever been. Mm. And you recently turned 30 as well. Mm. And so it's all these things that you would typically be against you, but somehow you're making them work for you. So without delving into that, that's the stuff that we are going to cover. But first of all, give us a bit of a background of yourself and starting off with the military. I want to hear, oh, okay. hear that. So let's give some... Funny pe- that. <laughs> let, yeah. Let's give people context of who you are as a person. All right. So uh, originally from New Zealand, Nelson, um, moved down to Christchurch with the military in 2008 or nine. Um, spent five odd years in there uh, as a armoured vehicle gunner so 
operating a big gun on an armoured vehicle, yep. as the as the title states. Um, <laughs> while I was there, I was still training quite a lot, so more so uh, bodybuilding, bodybuilding style with a lot of pack runs and things like that to keep my fitness up. That explains why you're so jacked. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, am I? And then, um, and then from there, uh, working through... Uh, all my combat training and things like that until I deployed over to Afghanistan in 2012. How long uh, were you there for? Seven months. Yeah, and that was, so that was in combat? Yeah, combat. Yep. Okay. Full combat role. So, yeah, that was a pretty busy trip for us. Um, I was still training over there as well, um, trying to get a lot of the other boys into training as well. So, a lot of body weight stuff in the middle of nowhere, making the best of a shitty situation, trying to trying to keep fit. It's so funny. So, so we're going to be talking about FIFO later, but you still managed to get fitness done even whilst you were in a combat zone. Yeah, yeah. So, um, lucky enough, one of our camps, um, which is a combat outpost still, so not really much there, still had a few dumbbells mm-hmm. and pull-up bar and things. So you, you kind of just had to uh, think outside the box and uh, utilize what you had. Like I didn't know anything about CrossFit at this stage. Mm-hmm. I just knew that if you moved weights fast and heavy stuff, that you got fit and strong. So. It was working, so I kept doing it, and I got a lot of other guys jumping on board with me. So, yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. So then, um, how long were you? Um, when were the, what were the years that you were away? So overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just 2012. Okay. Yeah, 2012. And then when did you start CrossFit? So, end of 2012, I left the army. Once I got back from overseas, um, I went back to New Zealand for about a month, mm-hmm. and then I moved to Perth. Um, I stumbled across CrossFit online, I think just Facebook, as Facebook was starting to pick up, yeah. um, more so the game side of things, and I looked at some of the workouts and thought, as a as a rookie fitness enthusiast, <laughs> I thought, oh, I can probably do that, and um, searched CrossFit Perth and found Southern CrossFit, which was just around the corner from me, and ended up uh, working out at Southern CrossFit from there on. What was your first experience like? Uh not that good, actually. Like, a, I think it was death by death by pull-ups. Yeah. With some running and things like that. So, no one knows what that is. It's one pull-up on the first minute, two on the second, three on the third, four on the fourth, until you can't do any more. Yeah. And me being me, rather headstrong, I thought, all right, I'm gonna like try and win this. And <laughs> other guys were doing butterfly pull-ups and things, and I was just doing strict. Yeah. So that's all I knew. I didn't know how to do kipping and butterfly. So. But you were bodybuilder jacked. Yeah, I wasn't saying I was bodybuilder jacked. I was more focused on being like ripped. Yes. Know, okay. ripped. And this is when I had hair as well, so I had to spike. I, I remember the days, bro. I remember sp- the used days. used to spike it up and thought I looked pretty good, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did strict pull-ups and I think I got to 16 or 17 minutes, which is close to 100 strict pull-ups or something. It's a lot. And went home and couldn't move for days. And <laughs> that's CrossFit experience for you. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. You know what? My first CrossFit experience was at Southern as well. Yeah, I remember. Was I there? I think I coached. That was my second. Oh, yeah, was but, oh okay. Oh, yeah, you were actually... Um, so my story is, to give people context um, about how we know each other. So um, when Hayden and John opened the gym, I worked for uh, Body Science at the time. Okay, yeah. And they stopped yep. that, and that was my first session. And then um, that was a probably a, a couple years before um, I went back. And um, I kind of... Same thing as you. I came from that bodybuilding background, yeah. but then I stumbled on this Rich Fronin. So same thing, the game sort <laughs> yeah. of stuff. And I was like, "Oh, that kind of looks cool." Because I come from the mental, I came from the mentality that CrossFit was for skinny endurance athletes that yeah. live bad form. Yeah. And um, then I was at the fitness Perth Fitness Expo one year, and I saw the CrossFit, and I saw it was Ryan Woodall. I still remember it because you can't miss How that How can beard. you forget that? Yeah, and he's such a rig and he was doing like this workout and I'm like, 
oh, he's at CrossFit and like there's jacked guys. Oh man, I can do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad mistake to make, isn't it? To that, that. <laughs> no, man, that was my jam. And I was like, I can do this. So, um, I, because I knew the boys at Southern, um, and that was the only yeah, through CrossFit. business, yeah. yeah, 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 through business, that was the only box I knew. And I went, okay, I'm going to go down there. And I thought, okay, I'll do CrossFit down there a few times a week. I live like north of the river in North Beach, by the way. Mm. So there's no chance I'm going to train at Willerton. So anyway, I went and did one session, and you were my coach, and um, we did a pull up workout. Yeah, too. I think we did. Yeah, yeah, it was a pull up workout too, and um, a box jump sort of workout. And yeah, I can't remember. It. Like, it would have been hard because I wouldn't have had the engine. But yeah, there you go. You were my first CrossFit coach for one session. Once I made the decision, that's what I was going to do. Yeah, it's funny though. You get a lot of that. Like, you were my first coach. It's like, oh shit. Like a lot of people you do remember though, which I find is is nice. Yeah, like I can smile honest. and say I feel like I did something for you because they're still here. That's like, right. You know, you're still working out at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. That's cool, man. So then um, how long did it take from you started working out till you started coaching? Because that's what you used to do prior to FIFO. Yeah, yeah. Um, good question. So I started working out there um, and approached Hayden and Jono about coaching. And they opened their arms to me straight away and said, all right, you've got to do three months of, I suppose, probation, though. We, we've got to, you know, you've got to coach us as coaches yes. before you're allowed to take a car class by yourself so they put a lot of time and effort into their coaches to make their coaches the best at the time they were and um it was just the way they did things that's when jason walker was still there and they kind of put you through your paces before you're even allowed to coach to make sure that their gym was coached properly wicked and um had the best co possible coaches that they could so that was three months after starting crossfit which was pretty cool i found yeah um i was still couldn't double under and things like that, like more of the high skill movements, but my general strength had, al had already been there. So body weight movements were there and my Olympic move weightlifting movements were coming along. Like it was, yeah, still still a big learning process for me as a coach and a, I suppose, athlete, you'd call it. Yep. yep. Um, and then so like you were when you when you mentioned that you're at the military um you were inspiring people to do fitness whilst you're there yeah it's just something that was like in you like what makes you love it so much oh man that's it's a hard question to answer what like, did you what did you do beforehand that like really that's what drives you to do fitness? but before fit, like uh, before like before the army like just to be so like hey this is no matter what this is what i'm gonna do like that's a i don't know how really to answer that question because that's kind of happened over time and it's yeah. kind of grown as I've got older um, over previous experiences. But I think how it first started was I played rugby like all New Zealand guys do. Yeah. Or most New Zealand oh, yeah, guys, I say. Yeah. And, um, I was at Bledisloe a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. Aussie won. Well, ah. 36 nil last week to ah. New Zealand. So <laughs> it's final. Um, anyhow. Sorry. So I was, yeah, you get that. Um, it. I was never really the best rugby player. I was, well, my mates used to always give me a bit of shit about being a bit uncoordinated. I suppose just typical white boy yeah. syndrome. Yeah. Like, so I always had that drive to be better, to keep up with them. So I think that's where it's that's where I think it started. Mm -hmm. And then from there, obviously, just it's grown on that over the years. And then some personal previous experiences. Um, I'm pretty big on like when you lose someone close to you or something like that, you use that rather than getting upset about it. You try and use that as a driving force to keep you moving forward. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how my mind operates. Yeah. I, yeah. It, I know some people can say it can be a little bit cold, but I, I kind of prefer to use it as a driving force rather than something to pull me down. I don't know if that's cold. I yeah, think I don't that, know. That, Maybe that's yeah, just what I think. I think it's just like, it's almost like strong-willed, if anything. Yeah. Like you're going to make an opportunity out of a situation yeah. where most people would probably buckle. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just kind of the way I, I think that's what's 
helped me be able to have fitness as such a hobby for a long time. And then how, like, whilst it wasn't a hobby, whilst it was a career, how long were you coaching for? Um, well, I'm still coaching now, but, <laughs> yeah, so full-time for 2014, uh, three, no, about three years full-time, and, yeah, like, till now, okay, casual, I suppose, and um, a little bit more of individual stuff now as well to help people that I think deserve to be helped out. <laughs> Your exclusive crew. <laughs> but, yeah. Shout out to Nenikov. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so then I guess my question which I was interested to know because being uh, previously at like such a prominent box yeah. um, being one of the key coaches there being a um, you know regionals athlete yourself where if you're if that's what you do I had this conversation the other day is that most top athletes they either own a gym they're coaches and mm. fitness consumes their mind 24-7 yeah. um, what made you make the decision that that was no longer going to be your career and that you needed to go into FIFO. Yeah. So for me, um, that was never really, like, my, my goal was to be the best CrossFit or anything like that. Like like you said before, like, why do you love it so much? I, I just genuinely love doing it. Yeah. I love working out. I love, I suppose, getting hurt, beating up in the workout and coming out fitter and, and with a stronger head. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question about going into FIFO, it was more uh, the understanding that, like for me to progress forward with my family and for monetary reasons was I, ne- I couldn't coach anymore. Like we wanted a house in the hills and we wanted all these other things and the only way to do it was for me to to move into a, a different role. And at, at, at the time, um, I think FIFO for me was the, the viable option. Like I didn't really have much of other choice. Like leaving the military, you don't really come out with anything but experience, yeah. life experience. Yeah. So it was like kind of, all right, I've got to start from the bottom and work my way up and that's yep. kind of where I'm at now. Well, not the bottom now, but yeah, worked my way up a bit more. And yeah, and and um, to put that into context as well, so you're about to be a dad too. Mm, that should be interesting. Yeah, and so <laughs> obviously that's the that's the stresses that's yeah. the stresses added on there too. Yeah. So then, what was the shift like going from coaching full time to then becoming uh, uh, jumping into FIFO because you'd never done it before? What, nah. what What do you do there, by the way? So I'm an underground driller. Yep. So I work underground, as the title <laughs> states, and I operate this big drill rig that drills into the sur- into the surface of the earth and pulls out like rock, and then the geologists analyze that rock yep. and and check if there's any gold or mineral in there that then they can continue to mine for. So, yep. yeah, it's um it can be a pretty physical job as well, which is why I chose to do it because I thought oh, I'll be right, this will be all good. Yep. But yeah, it is very physical and I, I feel very sorry for the guys that start that have no physical fitness whatsoever. Yeah. yeah for me it wasn't so bad but I know a lot of other guys that like what they're like, whoa, this is intense. Well then going back to the question, so what was the transition like? So coaching full time, fitness being your liar yep. to then starting working on a uh, working on a FIFO roster. So yep. how did that change your life, first of all? Um and I'm gonna ask you some other follow up questions. Yeah, that's as well. cool. Um the biggest thing it changed for me um, was I had to come to grips that I wasn't going to be able to train as much. Okay. And that was a little bit hard. How often were you training? Uh, I only ever really trained like two hours a day. Okay. Five days a week. So not a huge, not as much as a lot no, of No, you weren't people. doing like double day no, sessions. No, no, I've okay, never done cool. double days. I work better as do it all at once mm-hmm. and just keep rolling through. Um, yeah, that was hard to come to grips with. And obviously being away from home like everyone says when they FIFO like I was on a two and one roster to start with and um, I think because I was so driven at the time to 
to get where I wanted out of that two and one roster. I wasn't too worried, mm-hmm. but for obviously myself and my wife, it was something that we had to get used to, and that was obviously hard as well. So yeah, but we knew what the end goal was or what the end goals are, so it kind of made things a little bit easier. What's your roster at the moment? Two on, two off. Is that like awesome? Oh man, I'd never go back to two and one. Ah, uh, like <laughs> two on, two off is like the dream. You work six months a year. Yeah, and you can take some annual leave in that as well. So oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, sign me up to some. Oh, you say that. You say that. But when you're the thing is, you're off for two weeks, so it gives you like two weeks to think about not wanting to go back. And then when you're back there, you're like, oh, when that two weeks off again, so it's like. I don't think I'll survive, man. I'm gonna be honest. Hey? Nah, it's still pretty tough. Like yeah, yeah like people on two and one or four and ones will be like oh two and two is easy but it is it is easier than those two and i'll give those guys and girls credit that those four and ones and two and ones they are harder but yeah. i've done two and ones as well i've been there i know what it's like yeah. so i can help those people out as well hopefully with this podcast so i know that you did the open up podcast with Lockie, um and mm. i've been a guest on there before um i i actually listened to your full podcast <laughs> obviously because i know you and um and i just found it interesting but i can't remember the the finite details of it. Now, you're a really strong-minded sort of person, mm. but obviously when I think FIFO, I think that guys go for cash and there's a lot of depression and a lot of unhappiness. Yep. So how do you deal with that and how have you found it? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So um, I think, yeah, the cash is the main reason people go. Like, you'd be stupid to say, like, well, why would you leave home for any other reason? Unless you like, just like, love Unless drilling, you just bro. love, or love unless you love being away from your family and your friends, you know? <laughs> like, um... <laughs> The depression side of things, like, I think you need to have a full understanding of why you're there, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's monetary, it's monetary. If it's for self-progression, it's self-progression. But I also think you need to, like, understand that you will have days that are bad and you need to have a, a plan or a way in place to, to counter those days mm-hmm. like and, and to be able to either, I don't know, meditate, listen to music, switch off, go to the gym to, to counter that. Because if you choose things like going to the bar and drinking, it's just going to like multiply those negative thoughts and depression, like every time. Like I see it all the time from guys. Yeah. The first question if someone's down and out is like, "Do you go to the bar every night?" And they're like, "Yeah," because I had a shit day. And I'm like, "Well, man, like I've had my fair few drinks in my time. I know what that does to my brain." Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I I mean? Like I concur. Yeah, like far (laughs) out. Like it's not good. Yeah. Like everything just goes tenfold worse. Um. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. So, what are the things that, like, like you mentioned, meditation and training? What are the things that you do, personally? Um, obviously, training's a big one. Um, I don't really meditate or anything like that. Um, but I try my best to switch off social media and things mm-hmm. when I've finished with the gym, more so, and and when, once I've done with my day, just one like. For me, there's nothing really on there that benefits me while I'm at work. Yeah. Like, everyone's out training in their nice, comfy gyms, and <laughs> I'm up here trying to use whatever I can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, back to your question. Like, yeah, for me, it's it's really just um, focusing on my, my eating. I eat well. I drink enough water. Mm-hmm. I try and get enough sleep. And I, I keep my stress levels, or try and keep my stress levels, especially related to work, as low as possible. Anything that's out of my control, I try not to let affect me. Yeah. And I think that's a really big one that a lot of people need to learn to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, even like talking about switching off social media. Um, so you shot me a message the other night and we were yeah. teeing this up and yeah. I sent them one back. I'm like, hey, bro, I'll get back to you yeah. tomorrow. Technology's yeah, exactly, off. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's funny because I don't think people understand. I actually do that. Yeah. Is like I just stop replying to people yeah. at a certain time yeah. because Which I'm like, why would I try and get stuff done like, now and wh- why am I brain? I think the question is like, like would I really 
be making a phone call to this person right now at yeah. nine o'clock at night to discuss this. Yeah. It's the only reason I'm doing it is because it's so much easier to just yeah, that's tap right. away at my phone. and Yeah. You've got to do it, man. Yeah. You've got to switch off, hey? Yeah. Hard to do, though. Yeah. I just, yeah. I think for us, like, it's a decision that... Um, uh, that we made and um, we just like chuck on some comedy mm. just something which yeah. is not work and yeah, yeah you got to chill out um, now <laughs> I mentioned it at the start so you're you turned 30 this year I did yeah uh, what's, what's, it's August now right so yeah two months ago two months ago so the big 30 30, 30 two months and you've been doing FIFO for nine months is it no I've been doing FIFO for almost three years has it been that <laughs> long yeah. are you serious yeah it'll be, it'll be three years at the end of the year are you yeah so I started I didn't realise because I remember when you stopped and it literally feels like a year or less no, ago no it's been I've been FIFOing now for um since 2000 and what are we in 19 since the t- start of 2017 that- so it'll be three years at the end of the year Wow, it's been over two and a half. That blows my mind, hey. I was, when you said out. nine months before, I was like, are you talking to the right person? No, that's, <laughs> that's bizarre. It, honestly, because I remember seeing like all the posts, and obviously because I knew that you were coaching yeah. um, uh, you were coaching at well, Southern, and you were coaching here a bit, and then... I just haven't been so open about my training. Yeah, well, I've been okay. at mainly because it was when I was running. Yeah, gotcha. Because that's like boring. Yeah. I like to put up a, a social media picture of me running on the treadmill for 10K. Yeah. Like, it's a lot more exciting <laughs> putting up a... Barbell movement. Like, yeah, it's very true. And, and, and it relates to a lot more of the people I socialize with. Um, before I do, I was actually going to ask you a question about your training, how you do it, and like your improvements. But um, like me, you've done many, you've done things outside of CrossFit, like um, um, big achievements that you wanted to do. Mm. So the one that we'll touch on, just because you mentioned running. So you also um, prep for a 100 kilometer yeah. race yeah. as well. And so now I know that you were FIFO when yeah. that was all well, that's, happening. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that either, so they just thought, oh, he's going to try and do 100K. But yeah, it was FIFO as well, on a two-on-one roster at the time, Okay. and for six months of it, and the second six months, or coming up to year, I was on a two-and-two, two, so a little bit more flexible. And you were injured, because um, you were going to do it, and then you were injured before one of the yeah. events, and you had to yeah, retrain so, for it, right? Yeah, so it was very, very frustrating, so I'd spent, I think, oh, I, I think I had eight months or something to train for um, the Light Horse Ultra, which is 100K. Uh, around a 2.5k loop. Okay, yep. So, like... That's a lot of loops. Yeah, it's a lot of loops. So, I, tr- I tr- had been training on that track for well, eight months, I suppose, when I was back. I'd done a couple of marathons on it and just in, in the morning and things, just out of yep. the blue, just to see how it felt. And I was feeling really good. And I went to work and uh, midway through my swing, I dropped a drill rod, which was about 25 kilos, onto the end of my finger, um, which is... Uh, obviously, not a very good place to drop it, especially if it's on, on the on a sharp corner of another metal object, and literally ripped my whole nail bed out and bent the the bone in my finger over. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that I went up to hospital and was in Darwin for surgery, and I was out there for four days um, with an open bone fracture in my finger and, and a lot of pain. And the, and so that happened on the Wednesday, and the run was nine days later. Yeah. So as much as I wanted to do it, because I went on workers' comp. Mm-hmm. And had my whole hand bandaged up. Like, if I had done it, one, I probably would have got my finger infected. Yeah. It would have been a lot of pain, which I wasn't too worried about. But it was more the fact that if I'd done it and work had found out, I would have had no job. Oh, yeah. So, workers' comp, and then you're going to go run 100K. Like, yeah. Like, as much as I wanted to, I had to pull the pin on it. So, that was pretty devastating. Um, Especially with all the training that I'd done at work for it on the treadmill. Like, it was really hurt. And then knowing I had to do it again. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and set a new date for a new race. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty pretty shit. 
Um, so now going into your training. So people want to know like how how to juggle FIFO and yeah. training and how to get results. Okay. So the key point which I wanted to um, which where, where I started talking about you being thirty, and I've <laughs> known you for. Gee, I feel like I'm twenty one. Does that make? Yeah. Oh man, I feel like I'm twenty three. I think once I turn twenty three. Yeah, maybe twenty three. Like, twenty one was yeah. like pretty loose. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And <laughs> I feel like once I turn twenty three, I just had an age um, since then. So. You're probably the best version of yourself athletically yeah. now. Like when I see you in competition, physically yeah. how you look, like where you're placing. Yeah. But your FIFO, you're about to be a dad. Yeah, so it's pretty. I say this is weird. Like I don't know how this happens. Well, <laughs> what what was the mental switch? Like how did how did you progress so much to now? You're doing FIFO. You have all these things going on, but you've become the best version of yourself. Yeah. <sighs> Whoa. This is the soundbite, bro. This is the this, is, this is where you drop the knowledge bombs. What happened? Um, CrossFit-wise, I think taking a break from CrossFit was one of the best things I ever did. <laughs> yep. And I think a lot of other aspiring CrossFit athletes, especially that have been in the game for a long time, may need to do it. Mm. Like, I was, I was never at that top, top level, but I was I was training like I was, and I think that was having a huge effect on on my body and my mind mm. not in a good way yeah like not in a good way like oh, all I cared about was getting better 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 I didn't care about anything else now I've come back with an attitude that's more along the lines of okay yeah I care about getting better but for myself mm. for my family and for people I coach yeah because they're ultimately the ones that I suppose look up to me yeah and that's what I suppose makes me tick yeah like I think that's the, the different mindset I have now. It's more that legacy mindset. Oh, man, it's, yeah. And yeah. I think that's come with age and maturity as well. I don't think I actually got that until I was maybe like 28 okay. or 29. So, I don't know. I'm a bit of a late bloomer as it is. Like, I was always the, one of the smaller rugby players and things. And, like, it took me until <laughs> I was, like, you know, 19, 20 to be any good. Yeah. Or maybe 18, 19, 20. All the other guys were good from 14. Yeah. And I find the same thing is kind of happening in, in, in CrossFit as well. Like, it's taken me a little bit longer to pick up. I think I suppose it's just learning as well. I wasn't thirty until I had that like self awareness. Oh man. And it was almost like a switch overnight. I tell yeah. I tell Shell, um, for my thirtieth, me and my family went to Fiji and we had a couple of weeks just to together and I like I just like yeah. I didn't think about anything else. And I had a, 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 I had nothing on my mind except just to be able to spend time with my own thoughts and like just really kind of you know, it's a key point mm. in your life. And um I just really got to think about like who I was, who I wanted to become strengths weaknesses mm. everything and it's like i came back it was like a baptism and i came back a different person yeah so that was one key point but even like so i'm 34 and i'm only starting to like yeah hit things now yeah, i feel like you're peaking now like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or even like it's just sort of begun because yeah. i spent so many years where i'd look at like the top athletes and i'll be like no no i'll just do media and i'll let these guys do well, their thing that's yeah i think that's part of it as well like i think before you get that education I suppose you'll call it. You are there looking at everyone else, looking at what everyone else is doing. You're not. You don't actually start worrying about yourself until you start not worrying about what everyone thinks. Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah, like you'd probably agree with me. Once you, you start, do it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, you just start doing it for yourself, and then everything becomes a whole lot easier. And and the end result, it's always you want it to be good, but if it's bad, it's not so bad. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of other big things out there that are more important. We're talking about the race, like oh. like anything, like the for me the when I did the. 24-hour race. Yeah. I didn't care what anyone else was yeah. doing. I just had my goal yeah. and it turned out to be really beneficial yeah. to me because no matter what, I would have done that. Yeah. And the sense of achievement and happiness because it was a goal that I wanted to achieve yeah. for myself, not for yeah. anyone else. And I suppose that's all that there also relates to FIFO. Like, that's why I do it. Yeah. Like, that's 
that's why I can keep training. Yep. Because that's my whole mindset. Like, I don't really care too much that I can only get 45 minutes to an hour in a day. Yeah. Because, like, I'm still obviously benefiting from it, so I'm happy. Yeah. Like, and if people are getting motivated from what I'm doing, then that's a bonus. And mm -hmm. I suppose I like being I like being the different person as well. You know, the one that, not so much the underdog, but the one that goes out and does something a bit different, a yep. bit out there, and, and makes a change. I think it's pretty cool. Are you happier now with your training than what you were when you were training 24, like when that was your whole thing? I'm more, I'm, I think I'm enjoying it more. Yeah. Like That's, I, that was probably a better yeah, way. Like yeah, I, I think, do you enjoy it more? Yeah, I think I do enjoy it more. I think I have more of an understanding of myself as well. Yeah. Like, I think that's... And, and more belief in myself. Yep. Um, that's just from previous training experiences, I suppose. Yep. And the fact that um, there are other people up and coming as well that I can help, it's, it's cool. Um, so from a, um, I guess from a technical point of view or like some, something that people can take away that are doing FIFO, that yep. struggle training, what do you put in place or what's some advice that you would give to actually stay consistent with what you're doing? Because I don't know what it's like to work away. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what it feels like at the yeah, end of a 12-hour day, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I think the life you live while you're working away needs to be somewhat similar to what you live when you're home. Okay. I, I know a lot of guys go up there and it's like their recovery week when they go to work because they have such big breaks drinking. When they come yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, okay. oh, I'm going to go up. It's my recovery week. I'm just going to train all the time. But then they come back. Perth or whatever, and they go out or whatever for five days or seven days or whatever, and just ruin themselves. And, and, they go and, and then they go hard. back, yeah, go back, go back and get go to the gym, and then wonder why the results aren't there or why they're feeling down and out about it. And I think that's a really big thing. A lot of people don't realise it's not so much what you're doing up there; it's what you're doing when you're back as well. <laughs> I think that's a huge. Like, of course, like it's if you if you're doing something like you're working sixty six percent of the year, and then you're back for thirty three percent, like, and you're having a negative effect on your body in that thirty three percent. Of course, that's going to make huge toll on that time that you're up there regardless of how much training you're doing while you're at work yep. like mentally physically like imagine that if like you trained four days a week and then for the other three you just rip yourself off like yeah. even at home like it's the same thing that's so bizarre because i like even how you said it like like live your life yeah there how you would here yeah like you've got two different lives you do yeah <laughs> that's bizarre that's a weird concept yeah hey? everyone that's done fifo will somewhat agree with me that you have two different lives you have work life and then you have home life if you can try and make your home life or your work life i suppose yeah as similar to your home life as you can you will make your job out there so much easier well it does for me anyway i find it does yeah and there's a few ways i go about doing that and that's first of all getting in a routine mm -hmm. whether it's getting up in the morning going to the gym first thing whether it's going to the gym after work um whether it's like turning your social media off drinking enough water mm -hmm. getting enough sleep like all of those little things all add up to make your life a lot easier. And I think so many people just focus on one thing, like going to the gym, and they're like, all right, this will be better, make me feel better about being away. Mm -hmm. But all the other things don't align, so they'll go to the gym, but they'll also go to the bar okay. for five, six beers. Yep. And that doesn't that doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I do it just fine, because if you're... You said that you wake up at a quarter to four, so 3.45. Yeah, that's... Yep. Yeah, work a 12-hour shift, then go train. Yeah. I couldn't comprehend training, going to have drinks, and then trying to let your body recover. Yeah. Especially with the alcohol when you're not going to be sleeping well as well. Yeah, so a lot of the time, they'll, I think some guys will train one day and then drink the other. So it's not really train, then go and drink. It's more like, okay, one day we'll go to the gym, and then the next day we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll drink. Or, um, 
and each to their own. I mean, anyone can. I'm not going to say that's right or wrong. But if you're yep. wanting to feel good mentally and physically, like which everyone does, and if you if you don't, then you're lying. Yes, because everyone likes to feel good. Yeah, like, I think <laughs> so. It's pretty I basic. It's pretty basic. Like, yeah, make that those little changes. Yep. Those little one percenters because they do all add up, and the more you can get them in line, the easier your your time will be away. Like, don't get me wrong, I have shit times when I'm away. Like, start of the swing was a perfect example. Just bad days, but yep. I made sure that my routine was still in place, like eating, going to the gym, and that's kind of what gets you through. Yes. Um, yep. And yeah, like I said before, like you, you got to remember why you're up there as well. Like you made the choice to go. No one else made you go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a very valid point. So for you, I guess, like um, to wrap it up, to understand from your point of view. Has it been beneficial? Like, are you happy with the decision that you made being FIFO? For now, yes. I'm not going to do it forever. Yep. There's no way. Um, Training-wise, I think it's been somewhat beneficial. It, 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 miraculously, it actually like, has. Weird, hey? that, like, man, <laughs> so like, it comes down to, I think, like a couple of things. Having that big rest from CrossFit, which is what FIFO caused me to do, I think, because... I got to, I just been running for ages and maybe gave my body a rest. Mm. And um, two, it forces me to do less when I'm away. So I'll, when I'm back home, I'll train really, really hard for that two weeks that I'm back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I go to work, I'm forced to train because I don't have the time. Like, yeah. For 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Like, and that's it. Like, and I've got to make the most of that time. And it's always less than what I do here. Yeah. But so whether my body adapts better to that kind of schedule, two weeks of hard training two weeks of lighter training yeah well so be it it's obviously work working okay like i'm pretty happy with it yeah i reckon that's wicked man i think it's like for me um seeing a guy who i've known for so long all of a sudden hit their 30s progress whilst doing fifo mm. whilst about to be a dad it's pretty mind-blowing mm. it's pretty awesome so it's yeah i think you should be really proud yeah i i'm pretty proud i don't know i'm I don't really like to, you know, to blow myself up. Like, Shut up, Bruno. Yeah. Don't want to compliment. Nah, man. I reckon that's wicked. So you do, um you do some coaching for people, but yep. it's not like your main jam. Um, there's going to be FIFO people that want to speak to you. I, yep. gu- I guarantee that. Um, what do you do as far as coaching? Do you do anything online, or is it just a handful of yeah, people? Yeah, like to do be you on- want me to flick people to you? Or what do you want? What do we want to do? To be honest, like it's, I've got way too much on my plate to be coaching anyone really. Anyone else? Anyone else? Like. A lot of my time goes into a couple of special pe- individuals, but yeah, like time-wise, I just don't have it. Like I've pretty much filled up my schedule to the to the brink, and the last thing I want to do is take people on board to coach yep. and then let them down. Yeah, because I can't offer not so much the program because the program's the easy part. Yes, it's the the person the personal support that I think is as as most good coaches know is up there as the thing that you need to offer yeah the personal support and understanding of that individual person if someone wanted to get a coach where would you suggest they go or they wanted to get advice on FIFO training oh that's a really hard question because it's a massive hole in the industry yeah I yeah. think that we've just uncovered it yeah like yeah. It's, it's a huge huge hole in the industry Look for the perfect fan FIFO app coming out soon yeah that's right <laughs> like, I, I can't really answer that question I'd say f- find a, a coach that knows you well enough to, to understand what you have at work and to work around that that's for pro- you. It's probably like, the best answer. Like, like you said, there's two lives. Whoever's yeah. your coach here, yeah. make sure that they know what you've got available yeah, and to write for you. Because otherwise, if you're just following like a satellite program, like you're going to get days where you've got air bike, or where you've got, I don't know, even box jump. You know, you don't have that basic stuff there and it will be you're like, what, what can I do? And if you're someone that isn't a coach or has, doesn't have an understanding of similar, similar mechanic style movements, then 
you're just going to have to wing it and you're not going to get the results you want. Cool. So search for that person that understands you and is willing to, to I suppose, take your, I suppose, own individual circumstances mm-hmm. um, into their... I suppose into their program for you like it's something that's really hard to do and I think yeah like we said it's a big big niche that I think needs to be open like I think so I think we've just uncovered it if yeah. we haven't done anything we've done yeah. that in this podcast yeah we've talked a lot of random stuff as well haven't we yeah we have, have. We? Yeah. that's okay that's, have we talked enough about FIFO yeah we have, I yeah. think so is there anything else uh, um, is there any gaping thing because I don't know FIFO so is there anything gaping that I need to know about FIFO uh, yeah so I, I, I personally think that the way that the mental health side of it is managed mm-hmm. is not right. Okay. Yeah. Um, the people that give the speeches about the mental health and things aren't always the best examples themselves. Okay. They're usually the safety department at work, which usually comes from ex-mining anyway. Sure. So they don't usually have a, a good understanding of, you know, healthy body, healthy mind. Okay. So they're just like giving you this advice. So if, you, if you're feeling bad, speak up. That's that's all it's usually said. Sure. Um so I think there needs to be people there that have an understanding of the benefits of training mm-hmm. um, versus mental health. Like I think that would that would play a bigger part yep. in, in helping a lot of these these guys out um, and, and and letting them know like you don't have to be a macho miner. You can, <laughs> yeah, oh man, you can still um you know work out and 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 look after your body and do this job. Yeah, like, it's yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I think that all the time, but hey, who am I? I'm just one of the, the workers, right? Mate, you fit at 30. That's it. That's <laughs> it. I love it. Um, all right, Finn, that's awesome, man. All good. Thank you so much, dude. You're going to be at Games Day this weekend. Yeah. I, I'm think- Flew back last night, see so how we go. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be there all weekend, so this one will be out maybe just after, maybe just before. But yeah. Finley Johnson, thanks for being on, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was um good. That is it. That wraps up episode number 45 of the Perfect Fan Podcast with Finn the Bald Bulldog Johnson, my bald brother. So I hope you guys enjoyed that story. But seriously, I've known the guy for probably five, six years now. As mentioned, he was my first coach and seeing him grow as an athlete, even though he's living this FIFO life with a lot of obstacles and just to top it off with that third place finish in the elites at games day which is epic it couldn't have come at a better time but outside of that if you love the episode make sure to jump onto iTunes give us a five star review if you're on Instagram we'd love to see your screenshots on stories and we'd love to give them a share and outside of that, the Instagram Accelerator and FitFam Finder. Heaps going on at Perfit Fam HQ. So make sure you stay tuned for more of the Perfit Fitness scene to come.